This is Robert Conrad. This Cleveland Orchestra concert is available on demand thanks to the support of WCLV Ideastream members. I'm a member, and I hope you'll join me today. Click Donate, and thank you. Thirty-four-year-old composer Richard Strauss sparked outrage when he cast himself as the central figure of his tone poem, Ein Heldenleben, A Hero's Life. In the course of the work, Strauss takes on music critics in general, and his detractors in particular, touchingly depicts his wife Pauline, and after a battle with his critics, weaves together musical excerpts from his own catalog. Cleveland Orchestra music director Franz Felsermost observes, that Strauss's ambitions here go way beyond just describing his own life. His music gives you a space for reflection on your own life, and that's what classical music can do. This contemplative quality also radiates from the two works that begin this program. Mozart's Divertimento No. 2 is charming and sophisticated music by the budding 16-year-old, already a complete master of his amazing musical abilities. The modest divertimento contrasts with Arnold Schoenberg's bold variations for orchestra, in which the composer presents his new 12-tone method across the full range of pitches, colors, and textures that only an orchestra can provide. In fact, Schoenberg might have underestimated the power of his variations. In an essay published two years after the premiere, he said, Called upon to say something about my public, I have to confess... I do not believe I have one. Hindsight has proven Schoenberg wrong, and this work especially captures your imagination with its endless variety and innovation in sound. I'm Bill O'Connell, and this is the Cleveland Orchestra on the Radio. Once Mozart had moved to Vienna in 1781, he composed none of the serenades and divertimentos that had been features of his years in Salzburg. Between the ages of 13 and 23, he had written nearly 20 such pieces, most of them longer than the symphonies he was composing at the time. The serenades were meant to be played outdoors in the summer months, and the divertimentos were essentially the same in spirit and purpose. The work that opens this concert was composed in the summer of 1772, probably just after Mozart had written what are known today as the three divertimenti for strings, K136 to 138. Those pieces were intended for indoor use, while the work you're about to hear, scored for four horns, probably had an outdoor purpose. The horns are especially featured in the two minuets. They also introduce the sixth movement finale and contribute an important flourish at the end. The very beautiful adagio second movement features the strings alone, while the opening and closing movements are both designed on symphonic dimensions. The divertimento number no. two is scored for flute, oboe, bassoon, four horns, and strings. On stage at Mandel Concert Hall is Cleveland Orchestra music director Franz Felsermost to open this concert with divertimento number no. two by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart.
in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center. This concert has begun with the Divertimento No. 2 of 1772 by Mozart. Franz Felsermos led the Cleveland Orchestra. George Sell led the first Cleveland Orchestra performance of this piece in February of 1949. Mozart's orchestra for the Divertimento No. 2, while employing four horns, is still in typical 18th century scale. But the next work on the program, written about 150 years later, calls for a huge ensemble. Arnold Schoenberg's Variations for Orchestra of 1928 is scored for four flutes, two doubling piccolo, four oboes, one doubling English horn, four clarinets, including one bass clarinet, E-flat clarinet, four bassoons, including a contrabassoon, four horns, three trumpets, four trombones, tuba, and timpani. The percussion battery includes cymbals, bass drum, snare drum, tam-tam, triangle, tambourine, glockenspiel, xylophone, and a flexitone, an instrument that produces a glissando effect like a musical saw. The orchestra also includes a harp, celesta, mandolin, and the usual strings. The years before World War I saw the creation of giant orchestral pieces in which composers like Strauss and Mahler took advantage of the vast sonic possibilities afforded by the expanded orchestra. Arnold Schoenberg's own Gorleader, first performed in 1913, with nearly 150 instrumentalists and 200 vocalists, reflects this sensibility. But since then, Schoenberg had focused his attention more on piano and chamber music, wrestling with problems of modern style and searching for a way out of the traditional paths of tonality. Resistance to the alarming modernity of his new pieces just strengthened his determination to press forward. In 1925, Schoenberg was invited to teach composition at the Berlin Academy at a time of seething artistic experimentation in post-World War I Europe. The Variations for Orchestra was the first full-scale work from this period, completed during a holiday on the French Riviera in September of 1928. While the style of the music was radically new, his choice of a gigantic orchestra was a throwback to the pre-war period. Schoenberg needed this immense range of colors just as he needed the full range of pitches from the contrabassoon to the piccolo and the full range of expression from whispers to roars. Why? Because he had turned his back on all the assumptions and traditions of tonality. There were no more major or minor scales, no more singable tunes, no more dominant sevenths or triads. In Schoenberg's music, the notes themselves were now subject to the rule of the 12-note row. Schoenberg insisted that it was what the composer did with the notes that mattered, not the notes themselves. He also wanted the listener to take in the rich emotional and dramatic sense of the music without needing to know the intricate manipulations from the composer's workbench. The form of theme and variations was a good choice for Schoenberg's first 12-tone work for orchestra. The music can be heard in short sections, distinct in character and color. In addition to the tone row, Schoenberg brings in the four-note Bach motif, the notes B-A-C-H, German notation for B-flat, A-C, B-natural. You first hear the motif on the trombone in the introduction, and it gradually assumes greater importance 
throughout successive sections. Returning to the stage is Franz Felsermost, ready to conduct the Cleveland Orchestra in The Variations for Orchestra of 1928 by Arnold Schoenberg.
Franz Felsermost led the Cleveland Orchestra in Variations for Orchestra by Arnold Schoenbeck. The world premiere of this music took place in December 1928 with the Berlin Philharmonic conducted by Wilhelm Furtwängler. Most of the audience reacted with an icy disapproval and a minority even hissed and whistled for all they were worth. The frantic applause of an even smaller minority, mostly Schoenberg students, was an attempt to snatch triumph from the jaws of scandal. Cleveland Orchestra first played the variations in March 1971 under the direction of Pierre Boulez. You can revisit selected orchestra broadcasts at WCLV's Cleveland Orchestra On Demand page. You'll find the link at wclv.org. The Cleveland Orchestra has launched a new loyalty rewards program for patrons Examples of loyalty rewards include behind-the-scenes experiences and prizes. Find out more about the rewards program at clevelandorchestra.com rewards. After a break, the second half of tonight's concert, Ein Heldenleben, A Hero's Life, by Richard Strauss. Stay tuned. This is the Cleveland Orchestra on the radio from Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center. I'm Bill O'Connell. Richard Strauss made no secret of the fact that Ein Heldenleben, a hero's life, is about himself. The hero is not Hercules or Napoleon, but living, breathing Richard Strauss. At the time, he was a young German conductor and composer, aged 34, and his path to fame had not been a struggle. His father played principal horn in the court orchestra in Munich, and young Richard was introduced to leading German musicians as a boy. His natural talent was noticed and encouraged, and he was soon launched on a successful career. Nevertheless, it must be said, he did think a lot of himself. The one big choice that all young German musicians had to make in the closing years of the 19th century was whether to follow the flag of Richard Wagner or Johannes Brahms. Young Richard Strauss chose Wagner, finding his true path for the beginning of his career in the tone poem, a form pioneered by Franz Liszt. By 1897, Richard Strauss had taken on subjects like Macbeth, Don Juan, and Till Eulenspiegel, all three of which, by the way, have been released in an album on the Cleveland Orchestra's own label. Add in Death and Transfiguration, Also Sprach Zarathustra, and Don Quixote, and Strauss must have felt there was no subject on earth he could not turn into a blaze of modern music. The orchestra had become in Strauss's hands so expressive that the composer is said to have boasted that he could portray a teaspoon in music. In Ein Heldenleben, the composer introduces himself, the hero, portrays adversaries, his critics, presents his companion, his wife Pauline, 
and shows off his work, his own music, and plans his retirement from the world, all done with supreme self-confidence. In listening to Einheldenleben, we should not forget that Strauss was still a young man when he wrote it. He was looking forward to what eventually became a long and productive life in the companionship of his wife, leading to the comfortable life of celebrity and satisfaction. The final pages of Einheldenleben can also be heard as a prophecy of the beautiful works of Strauss's final years, anticipating his late career successes such as The Four Last Songs and Metamorphosen. Cleveland Orchestra music director Franz Velsermost is back on stage here in Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center for Ein Heldenleben, A Hero's Life by Richard Strauss.
Franz Velsermost led the Cleveland Orchestra in Ein Heldenleben, A Hero's Life, by Richard Strauss. The solo violinist was David Rodzinski, concertmaster of the Cleveland Orchestra. He was appointed in 2022 after eight seasons as concertmaster of the Israel Philharmonic. The composer himself led the first performance of this work in March 1899 in Frankfurt, Germany. The Cleveland Orchestra premiere took place in February 1928, conducted by the orchestra's first music director, Nikolai Sokolov. This season marks Franz Velsermost's 21st year as music director of the Cleveland Orchestra. With his contract extended to 2027, he will be the longest serving musical leader in the orchestra's history. The New York Times has declared the Cleveland Orchestra under Franz Velsermost to be America's most brilliant orchestra, praising the ensemble's virtuosity, elegance of sound, variety of color, and chamber-like musical cohesion. On this program by the Cleveland Orchestra, Franz Felsermost led performances of Mozart's Divertimento No. 2, Schoenberg's Variations for Orchestra, and Ein Heldenleben by Richard Strauss. My commentary was based on notes for the Mandel Concert Hall program book by Amanda Angel and Hugh McDonald. The associate producer is Daniel Wright. The audio supervisor for the Cleveland Orchestra is Gintas Norvila. From Mandel Concert Hall at the Severance Music Center, I'm Bill O'Connell. Thank you for being with us. Broadcasts of the Cleveland Orchestra originate with WCLV, Northeast Ohio's classical music station since 1962. This is the Cleveland Orchestra Broadcast Service.